glad that you could join us on this Sunday morning. Thank you for tuning in from all over the world. We want to give a big shout out to our Graceway Nation. Graceway Nation is watching from all over the world and we're so excited for you to join us. Listen, in 2020, it's never been easy to evangelize. In 2020, all you have to do to evangelize is share a link. It's start a Facebook uh, watch party. It's send a message to your friend and say, hey, I'm watching. I'm at church right now. Why don't you join the live stream? So I want to challenge you today. If you haven't evangelized in 2020, here's an opportunity for you to do that. Share the link to this message. Share the link to our previous messages. And you never know what that message, that post, that Facebook story, that Instagram story, that Facebook live watch party that you have with your friends, you never know how that could change the trajectory of someone else's life. But let's get into the Word of God. I'm reading from Luke 5 uh, verses 4 to 10 in the Amplified Version, and it will appear on your, screen right, on your screen right now. But this is what it says. It says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch of fish. Simon replied, Master, we have worked hard all night to the point of his exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets, but at your word. Woo! That will preach. I will do as you say and lower the nets again. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were at the point of breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both sets of boats with fish and they began to sink. Ooh, I want to preach from this thought just one more time. I want to preach from this thought just one more time. Would you jump into the comment section and type the title of my message just one more time? Would you touch your neighbor? I always say when we're, when we're together in a physical location, I say, tell your neighbor. I want you to tell your neighbor. Your neighbor probably hasn't brushed their teeth, but would you just love on them and say, listen, just one more time, all right? Jesus is preaching to a crowd of people. And the crowd, it's beginning to become very crowded. And so he says to Simon Peter, he sees Simon Peter's boat by the shore. And he says, hey, just push out uh, away from the shore so I can preach to my people just a little bit. And he does that. And he begins to preach. And after he's done preaching, he says to Simon Peter, hey, Simon, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch of fish. This was, it wasn't an unreasonable request to make because Simon was a fisherman. But the thing is, Simon, as we read in the text, had, work, had worked all night and they had caught nothing. They had caught absolutely nothing. And I can only imagine what these men were feeling. They were probably tired. Simon Peter was probably exhausted. He was probably tired and anxious because this was the way he would make a livelihood and provide for his family. And what was to make them to believe? What would make Simon believe that they would catch fish at this time of day? You must understand, as fishermen, the best time to fish was at night, late at night or early in the morning. And that time had passed, and they had worked all night and had not been able to catch any fish. And Simon answers Jesus and he says, Master, we have worked all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. Man, I, I, I by no means know about fishing. I, I always say I'm, I'm a Kenyan, but not the Kenyan that likes to run, nor am I the Kenyan that knows how to fish. But I think we can all relate to Simon. 
I think all of us have gone through seasons in our life where we have worked so hard in exhaustion, where we have put all our energy, all our efforts, all our money into a certain situation, into a certain problem, and not had any result. We haven't had anything to show of it. And I think all of us have gone through a period in our life where we have worked through the night, you know, trying to find a solution for a particular problem but have woken up the next night and we have no results. And I, and I remember this for myself um, two years ago before I got my current job. I, I, I had applied to so many jobs, job after job, and I'd get rejection letter after rejection letter, interview after interview, and there would be no results. And sometimes I'd work through the night because when you put your CV together, you've got to make sure that the CV correlates with the job description that's available. And so I'd need to do that. And I wouldn't get anywhere. I'd get rejection letter after rejection letter. And I began to lose hope. And I think all of us, like Simon, are trying to catch something. Simon is trying to catch fish, but our fish might be different. For me, at two years ago, my fish was just a job. And I worked so hard to try and, you know, apply and nothing was happening. But I believe all of us are trying to catch something. We've gone through late nights, uh, working hard, putting all our efforts into something and not seeing any results. Maybe for you, we've been doing the same thing that I did two years ago. Applying from job after job and getting rejection letter after rejection letter. Maybe you've been trying to work on your marriage and you haven't seen any results. Maybe you've been working hard to get your business off the ground and you've poured all your life savings into it and the profits are not coming in and you're not getting any result. Maybe you're working on trying to mend a relationship. Maybe you're trying to mend the relationship with your father or your mother and, and every time you try, nothing happens. They just keep rejecting you. Maybe you're trying to work on the relationship with your daughter, your son, who has left the house and is just angry at you, and you've got no results. But I think all of us have faced a situation like Simon, where we're exhausted. We've done all that we can. You may be in a situation today where you've done everything you know to do to take care of the problem. You've used up all your resources, all your time, all your efforts, and now your emotional tank is running empty. Your bank account is running empty. Physically, you're just tired and exhausted as Simon. And this is the place where Jesus found Simon. This is the place where Jesus found Simon. Simon was exhausted. And it's the place where Jesus finds us. Simon was tired. He was probably worried. Like I mentioned, Simon was a fisherman. So he's probably worrying, how am I going to provide for my children? He probably, as he was washing the nets, he's thinking, I'm going to have to go home to my wife and tell her, listen, I don't have money for us. He's exhausted. And Jesus could see this. Jesus had acute, he had an acute awareness of the situation that Simon was going through. And he says to Simon, he says the following, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch of fish. In other words, what he was saying to him, what he was telling Simon is, Simon, try again. Simon, just one more time. Just, just, just believe again one more time. Just try again one more time. And I've come to tell someone today, just try again, just one more time. 
Try again and apply for that job. Just one more time. Try again and work on your marriage with your wife or your husband. Just one more time. Try again and work on your business. Just one more time. Just try. Try again. Work on the relationship with your father or mother. Try again and work on the relationship with your son and daughter who's left your home. Just one more time. Just one more time. And I believe Jesus is, is saying to us today, try again. Just one more time, but don't lean on your own efforts. Lean into God. Lean into His power. Lean into His grace for the situation. Lean into His provision. Lean into Him. Try again, just one more time. Leaning on the Word and the promises of God. And I, I want to kind of define this notion of trying again. I want to define this notion of just one more time. And, and to put it into perspective, trying again speaks of perseverance. And the definition of perseverance, when I found this in the dictionary, it blew my mind. It says this, perseverance is continuing in a course of action without regard to discouragement, opposition, or previous failure. Ooh, man, that will, that will preach. That will preach. Let me say it again. Perseverance is continuing in a course of action without regard to discouragement, opposition, or previous failure. And I want to say this in this day and age, in this 21st century that we're living, perseverance is not something that is admirable. It's not something that, you know, we look up to. It's not something that we tweet about. Uh, because we live in a world that's all about fast cars, fast money, fast success, uh, fast business. Everything is always about quick, here and now. In fact, we don't like to persevere, we don't like to be patient uh, to the fact that we're not even patient when it comes to the microwave. We stop the microwave before it even gets to zero. Hello? Hey, I do that. And it's because we're so impatient. We live in this instant gratification world. But what you must understand that perseverance and patience are key elements in the kingdom. Perseverance and patience are key elements in God's kingdom. And I want to read you one of my favorite verses. If you know me well, you know that I always quote this verse. It's James 1, verse 2 to 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Woo! Let perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The author James here is telling us this. It says we should count it joy when situations, when trials come. And Jesus says trials will come. James is telling us here, he's encouraging us to count it sheer joy when those trials come because what those things are going to produce in us is perseverance. He's telling us that the testing of our faith produces something and it produces perseverance. Meaning if you don't persevere, you miss an opportunity for growth. If you don't persevere, you miss an opportunity for your character to grow, for your faith to grow. And you miss an opportunity for God to do something in and through you. Perseverance must have its full course so that you might be mature, not lacking anything. And I love what James is saying here. James is saying we should see trials and tribulations with a different perspective. 
The world says when you're in trials and tribulations, you should freak out, you should get scared, you should lose all hope. James is saying, have the perspective of counting it as joy because it's an opportunity. See it as God saying, you know what? God is going to use this opportunity to grow my faith. He's going to use it as an opportunity to grow my character. Not to say that God brings those trials, but he says God is using those trials to perfect something in me. He's using those trials to grow my faith. He's using those trials to grow my character. He's using those trials to get something in and through us. Perseverance must have its full course so that you might be mature, not lacking anything. So what am I saying to you today? Persevere in your business. Persevere in your business by just showing up every single day. Persevere in your relationship, in your marriage, by loving your wife every single day. Bible says that we should love our wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself up. We have to do that every single day. We have to die for our wives. Die in the sense of dying to our own expectations, dying to our own uh, inhibitions, dying to our selfishness. Ooh, that's a good one. And the Bible says as you love your wife as Christ loved the church, as you die for her daily, she then submits to you and respects you. So men, don't expect your wife to submit to you and respect you if you haven't loved her by dying daily. Persevere in applying for that job. Persevere even when you get rejected. Keep applying. Keep persevering. What I realized going through that process of, I think I applied to 50 different jobs, is that every single rejection was an opportunity for me to shape my profile for the next job. Every single rejection that I got, every single moment where I didn't get the job, I used it as an opportunity to be like, okay, what can I perfect for the next opportunity? What can I uh, perfect for my next pitch? Persevere. Persevere in your relationship with your, with your father and mother. Keep loving them, even if they, they don't love you. Keep showing grace to them. Persevere, my brothers, and ask that girl out again. The one that said no the first time. Persevere. Listen, my wife said no to me three times, but because I was persistent and persevered, I am happily married right now. So brothers, keep persevering. To the ladies, persevere and just respond to his text. Hallelujah. And all the brothers say, Amen. Persevere. Perseverance is important. And I love Simon's response. Jesus tells Simon, just try again. Just, just one more time. And Simon says the following. Simon replied, Master, we have worked all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. But he says something so powerful here. He says, we've caught nothing in our nets, but at your word. I think I can just close the sermon right now and we can go home and call it a day because that is the premises of this whole message. It says, but at your word, I will do as you say and lower the nets again. Who? And I want to ask you this question. Whose word have you allowed to define the season that you're in right now? Oh my God. Whose word have you allowed to define the season you're in right now? I think a lot of us get challenged with this. We don't persevere, we don't try again, and we don't keep going, and usually we're right at the edge of our breakthrough. And the reason we don't do that is because we've allowed and accepted what people have said 
to define the outcome of our situation. Let me say that again. The reason we don't persevere and when we're right on the verge of our breakthrough is because we've allowed and accepted someone else's word to define the outcome of our situation. And the challenging thing is, usually it's from the people closest to us. Usually it's from friends and family. When you say, hey, listen, friends, family, I am so excited. I applied to this job and you tell them uh, the role and the job and then they're like, are you even qualified to take that job? And previously you were ready to take this job, you're ready to apply, but now you begin to question yourself and whether you're worthy of applying for this job. Or when you're like, your friends, I'm so excited, family, I'm going to start my business, it's going to be popping, I'm going to be a millionaire. And your friends are like, do you even have the money? to start the job and you begin to question yourself and you take a step back instead of persevering and moving forward on that business idea you take 10 steps back and you begin to question yourself and and you move further and further away from the thing that God has called you to do and maybe you say hey friends I found this beautiful woman hey man I'm gonna make her mine you know I'm gonna put a ring on it like Beyonce right and then your brothers are like um do you even have a job? And you begin to think like, okay, but I love her, but now I don't have a job. And you disqualify yourself and you don't persevere. And then you let go of the opportunity to see God work in your life by providing the job. But because you accepted the opinions and the words of other people instead of the word of God, you disqualify yourself from what he's called you to do. Same thing with girls, you meet this handsome guy and then your friend, you tell your lady friends and they're like, hey, but have you gotten over your previous relationship? Don't you still love that other guy? Uh, even though you've broken up with him and as a result you begin to believe the word of other people instead of what God has told you to do. And I want to ask you this question, whose word have you allowed to define the season you're in right now? Whose words have you allowed to define the season that you're in right now? And sometimes it's not even people around you. Sometimes it's the voices within you. Oh, can I preach for a moment about the voices within you, the, the inner critic? And I've had to battle with this for such a long time. There's a part of me that talks to me, but in a negative way. And this this guy on the inside of me is like, Seth, are you even good enough? Uh, Seth, can you even make it? Seth, are you ever going to be successful in life? Seth, are you even qualified? Seth, you're too young to be doing what you're doing. And as a result, what I've had to do is get the Word of God inside of me and allow the Word of God to define the situation, allow the Word of God to define the outcome that I'm seeking. And when the voices tell me that I'm not enough, I remind the voices, Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for me to do. When the thoughts come and, then, and they say I'm not going to make it, I remind them, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans that God has for me, plans to prosper me, plans to give me a hope and a future. When the thoughts come and say that I'm too young and I'm not qualified, I remind myself of 1 Timothy 4 verse 
verse 12, it says, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example to the believers in speech, in life, in faith, and in purity. And I want to challenge you today, get a word from God. Get a word from God by getting into God's word. Let the word of God define the outcome of your situation. Let the word of God define the outcome of the thing that you're trusting God for. Let the word of God define the situation. The interesting thing is that the Bible is full of promises. In fact, we have so many situations and, and a lot of the time because we allow people to shape you know, the word that we get, we lose sight of what the Bible says. The Bible has promises for you. A Canadian school teacher by the names of, of Everett Storms, he decided to make a list of all the promises in the Bible. All of them. It took him a year and a half to find that the Bible had 7,487 promises by God to man. These are promises that God has given to each and every one of us. They're available for us to acquire 7,487 promises. So for every problem that you're facing, for every situation that you're going through, there is a promise. In fact, there are probably 10 for each problem that you're facing. And what you need to do, instead of allowing the opinions of others to shape your situation, get the Word of God to shape the situation. Get God's promises inside of you to determine Determine the outcome of the situation. And I also think sometimes we don't persevere. We don't try again. Not because we've listened to the opinions of others, but because we failed to allow God to give us a word. Hey, and I'm one of those guys. You know, I've done that before and I've paid my price. But instead of getting a word from God, so we're persevering, but not in God's strength, in our strength. And when we don't see the results, we're like, God, where are you? But that time you're the only person in that WhatsApp group. You're the group admin of your own life. You're the group administrator of your own life. You make your own agenda. You make your own plans. You make your own goals. God is not involved. And then you come to him, you're like, God, where are you? That time he's not in your WhatsApp group. You haven't submitted your plans to him. And I remember doing this when I was trusting God for the job that I'm in now. I would, you know, apply from job to job. And remember I told you I was getting rejection after rejection. So I decided, you know what? God, I am going to start my own business. I didn't get a word from God. I was like, you know what? If I'm not going to get the job, I might as well start employing other people. So I was like, you know what, God? I'm going to start my own business. Started the business. Got some people involved. A month went in. Everything was looking great. At the end of the month, there was no money to cover the expenses of everybody else. That business died immediately. It's because I didn't get a word from God. And what God was trying to get to me, He wanted me to be faithful in my job. Not the job that He was going to get me, but the job He had already given me. And I needed to learn some things. I needed to persevere in that job because he was trying to get some things in me, get some things out of me as well. Hello? Okay. <laughs> there were some things that God needed to work on my character. So he wanted me to persevere so that I could become mature, grow in my faith, grow in my character for where he wanted to take me. And if I had missed the opportunity to not allow myself to go through the process and persevere, I wouldn't have gained everything that I needed for the job that he was going to give me. And I want to tell someone today, maybe 
It's not time to look for a job. Maybe it's to ask God, God, do you want me to persevere here? God, what are you trying to teach me in this season? What are you trying to build in me for the next season? And the Bible says when you're faithful with little, he'll give you more to be accountable for and to be responsible for. What God wanted to get through me through that season was that I needed to persevere. That I needed to be faithful in the little before I could be faithful with much more. And I want to ask you today, are you persevering on your own agenda, your own ideas, your own goals, your own plans? Have you submitted everything to Jesus? Are you persevering on your own agenda, your own, your own notion, your own goals? Or are you persevering with God's agenda? Proverbs 16 verse 3 says the following, Commit your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to Him. And your plans will succeed if you respond to His will and His guidance. Get a word from God by getting into His word. Simon Peter says to Jesus, I'm exhausted. I've worked through the night. I haven't gotten any fish. But at your word, I will do as you say. And the result is as follows. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were at the point of breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats with fish so that they began to sink in a matter of minutes. By acting on obedience, by acting on trusting God at His word, the fishermen went from having caught no fish to having more than enough to fill two ships. In a moment of obedience and trust, the fishermen went from having no fish to having so much so that they filled two boats, two ships with fish. And I want to say this to you. That there is a blessing in obedience. There is a blessing in obedience. When you trust and obey God and you don't lean on your own understanding and you acknowledge Him in all your ways, the Bible says He will direct your paths. There is a blessing in obedience. What would have happened if Simon and the fishermen had said no? Imagine if Simon said, no God, we're tired. We can't do this again. We can't try again. They would have missed the blessing. They would have missed the opportunity for God to show off His power. And I want to ask you today, what would happen if you were tired? If you were defeated? And what would happen if you decide, even though you're disappointed, even though you're tired, even though you've applied for job after job, even though your business is not doing well, even though your marriage is on the brink of, of failing, even though your child is not coming home to you, even though all of those things you just tried one more time, tried one more time and persevered and trusted God. And I have a feeling that the weight of the blessing might just break through our nets. That it will break our perspective. It, it will break what we thought God could do in our lives. But what you need to do is trust and obey God at His word. As I was reading this, this passage of scripture, I asked myself, why did God choose Simon? Why did He pick Simon out of all the other fishermen? There are other fishermen there. 
But he chose to jump into Simon's boat. And as I reflected on the scriptures, I realized this wasn't the first time that Jesus had met Simon. In the book of Matthew, Matthew gives an account of Jesus meeting Simon and, and Andrew at a seashore as well. They had thrown their nets and Jesus points out to them and says, Hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they had dropped their nets. And what you must understand that when they dropped their nets and followed Jesus, what they were dropping was their business. What they were dropping was their purpose at the time. What they were dropping was their experience. What they were dropping was, was the way that they provided for their family. What they, what they were dropping was the way that they were able to produce something and be able to provide for their community. What they were dropping was their comfort zones. And yet we find Simon at the same place that he had dropped his nets. He, he's come back to being a fisherman. And, and I asked myself, like, well, what, what happened in the process? Did, did Simon get like disappointed? Did he lose hope? And the Bible says that, you know, Simon had been walking with Jesus. He had seen miracles. Jesus had even healed Simon's mother-in-law. Yet we find Simon in the very place that Jesus had told him to drop his net. We find Simon back at his comfort zone. We find Simon back at the place where Jesus had called him out of. And I believe that Jesus got into Simon's boat because he was about to challenge Simon's notion of who his provider was. You see, Simon, Simon knew that if he could be a fisherman, then he could provide. If he could be a fisherman, then he could put food on the table. But Jesus was trying to interrupt Simon's perception of who his provider was. What Jesus was trying to do, Jesus stepped into the boat to introduce him to the power of God, to introduce him to the provision of God, to show him that provision didn't come from Simon's work, but from God. Jesus stepped into the boat to introduce Simon to what provision from God looked like. And I, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what, what boat that you're in. We're all in different boats. We all have different situations. We're all trying to catch something. But I want you to understand that Jesus wants to step into your situation. He wants to step into your boat. He wants to step in to show you His power, to show you His presence, to show you that He is a provider, to show you His love, to show you His grace. But the question is, will you allow Him to step into the boat? Will you allow Him to step into the boat? Simon allowed him to step into his comfort zone. He allowed him to step into the boat because what Jesus was trying to do was break Simon's perspective on where his provision came from. His provision didn't come from what he did. His provision came from a man and his name was Jesus. I love how Simon responds after Jesus has has messed with his perception of provision. He says, but when Simon saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, go away from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all his companions were completely astounded at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon Peter. Jesus said to Simon, have no fear. From now, you'll be catching men. 
From now you'll be catching men. After they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting him and following his example. Jesus had come again to challenge Simon to get out of his comfort zone. The comfort zone was his secure place. The comfort zone was how he made a living. That was his boat, that was his nets. Jesus comes to him and challenges him and calls him to greater. He calls him to a life of more. He calls him to become a disciple. And I believe today that God is calling us out of our comfort zones. God is calling us outside of our comfort zones to step into who he created us to be. And I want to ask you today, what do you need to let go of and drop to embrace who God has called you to be? What in your life do you need to let go of? What comfort zone have you become accustomed to? And what is God saying to you today? What do you need to let go of to embrace what God has called you to be? And the scripture that we've read, you know, outside of trying just one more time, outside of trusting God at His word, outside of getting a word from God, I, I believe that the revelation that I got from God was that it was also a call to get outside of your comfort zones. And we all have comfort zones. You might be saying, Seth, what's my comfort zone? Maybe it's time for you to, to get out of hurt. You know, you can, become, you can become comfortable in your dysfunction. Your dysfunction could be that you're just bitter and hurt because someone, someone did you wrong. Someone hurt you in the past. It could be a family member. It could be a close relative. It could, be, it could come from rejection. Maybe a loved one rejected you. Maybe a boyfriend or girlfriend rejected you. And so you are comfortable in your dysfunction. You're comfortable in being hurt and being angry. And maybe today... You need to get outside of that comfort zone and embrace God's love. Maybe it's time to let go of bitterness. Maybe you've, you've just been so bitter and angry. And maybe today you need to step out of that and embrace God's forgiveness. And embrace forgiveness just for yourself as well. Maybe it's time to let go of pride and arrogance. Maybe you just think you're better than people and, and as a result of that, it's, it's pushing people away from you. And you're like, God, how come people don't like me? It's because you're proud, you're full of proud, you're proud and you're arrogant. Maybe it's time to embrace humility. Maybe it's time to let go of negative thinking that is trapping you from your own growth. And maybe it's time to start embracing what God thinks about you. Maybe it's time to drop some friends. Hello? Maybe every time you know, you're trying to walk a godly life, you're trying to go after what God has called you to do, but your, friend keeps, your friends keep pulling you to smoke, drugs, and that keeps pulling you away. And, and the, the circle of friends that you're, surrounded, that you're surrounded by are not pushing you towards who you're meant to be. They're pulling you away from that. Maybe it's time to drop them. Maybe it's time you let go of what people think of you. You're always so concerned about what do people think about me and, and you become insecure and you're always worried about what the other person thinks about you and it's, it's stopping you from stepping into who God has called you to be. Maybe it's time to embrace what God thinks about you. Maybe it's time to embrace what the Bible says about you, what God believes about you. 
and let go of what people think about you. Listen, family, we each have comfort zones. And I know as I'm speaking right now that you know God is showing you the comfort zone that you need to let go of. As I was preaching this word, I was looking at my own life and I realized I have some comfort zones that I've stepped into, that God is calling me out of. And I want to challenge you to step out of those comfort zones, just like Simon did, and move into what God has called you to be. God was calling Simon to move from being a fisherman to be a fisher of men. He was calling them to be a leader of leaders. He was calling them to change the world. And I believe God has the same calling for us. They're all different, but we all have a purpose and plan. God has a purpose and plan for your life. But if you stay in your discomfort, if you stay in your comfort zone, you'll never be able to step into it. And that takes faith. It takes trusting God's word. It takes leaving the familiar to embrace the uncertain, which is a part of the process. And I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're in a situation today where you feel like giving up. Maybe you're like Simon, you've come to the end of the road and you just, you just don't have the energy to try again, try again in applying for that job, try again in your marriage, try again in that relationship. I want to pray for God to give you strength and courage today. Maybe you've been hiding in your comfort zone. Maybe you've been hiding in your dysfunction. And God is calling you today to step out of it, to embrace who He has called you to be. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to pray for you. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that uh, your word cuts through bone and marrow and then goes straight through to our souls, God. Thank you for the story, this biblical account of how you called Simon to try again, to persevere, to believe again. My God, I just want to pray for anyone who's come to the end of their road. They've been trying so hard. They've been persevering, but not seeing any result. I just ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would give them the strength, God, the courage to try again. And God, would you give them a word as they believe to try again? God, would you give them a word and a promise that they can hang on, that they can rely on? I pray for those who are in comfort zones, the same way that you challenged uh, Simon's comfort zones by, by changing his perspective and, and helping him realize that he shouldn't rely on his works. He needs to rely on God's power. I pray for those people, God. I pray that you'd help them step outside of those comfort zones. Whatever those comfort zones may be, would you allow them to make the necessary steps at this moment in time? And I just want to pray for anyone who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe you're like Simon. Remember I told you Simon had gone through a phase in his life where he had met Jesus, he had began following him, but along the way, life happened. And life can happen for you. I don't know what you've been through, and maybe you began following Jesus at a time, but things have happened and you've lost your zeal, you've lost your love, and you've lost your love for him, and maybe today is the day to reconcile that. Maybe today is the day to come back and like Simon did, drop the nets, drop, drop the, the anger, drop the resentment, drop the discouragement 
and just follow Jesus. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer. It's as simple as this. Dear Lord Jesus, would you please forgive me of my sins? I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. And I believe that I have eternal life through him. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we're so excited that you could pray that prayer. We're so excited because you've joined the family of God. In heaven, the Bible says that they are celebrating. It's a massive party. If you've been to a party here on earth, it's like it's a hundred times that. And we want to get connected with you. We want to connect you to a local church. We want to get you into a small group where you can grow and learn from other believers. This journey cannot be done on your own. So would you text the number below and get connected and just send us a text and say, I have decided. Even in the comment section right now, just say, I have decided. And one of our teammates will be able to connect with you. Until next time, take care, God bless. And remember to try just one more time by getting a word, by persevering, and by stepping outside of your comfort zone.